Welcome to the Shiny Brightly Show. I'm Howard Brown, author, speaker, Silicon Valley entrepreneur, international peacemaker, and yes, two-time stage four cancer patient survivor and advocate. Each episode will take you from resilience to hope and a whole lot more because Shining Brightly does make the world a better place. Be prepared to be inspired. Hello, it's Howard Brown. It's the Shining Brightly Show. Oh, I got a good one today. We're heading into fall. There's a lot going on in this world, but you know what? You have to bring people on that just lift you up. And today, my guest is Rachel Rose. Rachel, how are you? I'm amazing. Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled. From sunny California, we need the sunshine more than ever. And um, oh, wait till you hear Rachel's story. Oh, my God, you will not believe it. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. And um, she is Rachel Rose is a keynote speaker, a mental fitness consultant and a positive intelligent coach guiding individual clients, teams and organizations through neuroscience based coaching that impact performance, mental health, wellness and relationships. As she said before in the green room, it's all about the mindset. Um, so her infectious positivity led her to become a motivational TEDx speaker. She has a book coming out. We're going to chat about that uh, coming out this December, hopefully, if timing works right. And Rachel grew up in um, the burbs of Detroit, Michigan, where I am here sitting at right now. So I'm at uh, the home girl. I'm, I'm here. I'm back. I'm back here in the in the hood. And um, she's studied art and in, in the fashion business. And then we're going to take her through her journey of moving to uh, from uh, Detroit to New York to Chicago to L.A. And then we've got the big gotcha. Okay. She had a near fatal snowboarding accident and oh my God, did she have to overcome so much? And this is what this show is about. It's about overcoming and inspiration and motivation. And, and we're going to get into that as well. And um, I consider us both Humpty Dumpty. We're both a work in progress, right? We're trying to put us <laughs> back together again. We have so much, you know, we're aligned that way, right, Rach? Um, and so she will actually offer some five steps towards radical resiliency and she'll show you how meeting challenges head on and all these setbacks, okay, are really gifts to be able to power through and become and find your purpose and become your authentic self. Rachel, I am just so happy. Uh, you know, we, we met a while ago and um, we have a shared friend. Let's shout out Maggie Cook, right? What's up, Maggie? Yes. <laughs> and um, she's amazing. And um, I just want you to share with the group something that they might not know about you if you're willing to share? Oh, well, probably that I box. <laughs> you, you box like you got, oh, look at that. She's got a bag, a heavy bag I right box. in the house there. Uh, oh, you're a toughie. <laughs> Don't mess with Rachel. She's got, she's boxing. So that's how you keep fit. And that's I part box. of your workout. Oh, you're a boxer. Yeah, okay. it's amazing. All right. So tell, take me back, uh, you know, take me back to the hood. Take me back to Detroit, the suburbs. And uh, let's start there. Okay, great. So great place to grow up. And, but just feeling like I didn't belong. And, uh, and from the time I was 11, I just felt like I needed to be somewhere else. My father invited me on a trip to New York. And the second we landed before we got off the plane, I looked at him and I said, I'm going to live here one day. I, it was so crazy. It was like I landed and I felt like I was home. And I did 18 years later, not even 10 years after that. So 
good memories from Motown. So so let's 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 dig in a little deeper. Um, so fitting in 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 the in the suburbs of Detroit. So just t- t- talk talk a little bit about that because that's part of how you know how, what shaped you and 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 wanted you to go to New York and pursue fashion and all that sort of stuff. So talk talk about that a little bit. Yeah, just my dad ran one of the hottest fashion stores in downtown Birmingham. And so I think that was my invitation to fashion. I had a lot of art around me. My aunt was at Cranbrook and my parents were artistic musically and and in the art world. But I just, I always, I, I just felt like it. I didn't belong. I wanted, I wanted to be more of an individual. And I think I felt extreme pressure to fit in uh, more so than being able to be who I wanted to be in every way, you know, by, you know, the way that I was raised and just living in the suburbs of Detroit. And, and once I got to New York and everybody was kind of had their blinders on and they were sort of in their own lane and not really focused on what everybody else was doing. And I just, I connected with it. I connected with just like being me in this big, amazing place of everyone doing different things and just individual and crazy. And it just felt less judgment and it felt like home. Yeah. So you started to find yourself and, and, and really where your true happiness was coming from was art and fashion in New York. And that's a big city that, you know, a lot of people, that's a challenging city, but you embraced it. And it just, it sort of, you grew, you grew from being in New York. No question. No question. You know, and even in, in Detroit, find like finding those places and those outlets, like going to, you know, eight mile. And I went to center for creative studies for a, a minute down in Detroit way before they were re- rebuilding it. I mean, a security guard would, you know, pick us up at our car and walk us to the front door covered with barbed wire. So, uh, you know, so it just, it was a more direct route. I think once I got to the to the big city in New York. Right. And so then you're, you're single, I imagine, and enjoying everything New York is, is giving to you. Right. And um, what are some of the, you know, cool things that you remember about New York? Some Uh, highlights. New York was just, it was around every corner, something else amazing. I went, I went to a fashion school. I lived in Spanish Harlem, you know, loved taking the subway, Astor, Astor Barber was like a really big thing back then where people were shaving their heads and punk rock and alternative music. And I mean, so many things were happening then that they're they're not even around, but they set the stage. And then I was a costume designer for a high school. And the night we were doing Play It Again, Sam, I walked out of my apartment to take the train to Rockville Center and who was standing on the street? Woody Allen. <laughs> and he literally, I, I mean, we lit, he walked me all the way to the train. I said, we're literally doing play it again, Sam tonight. So that was amazing. Oh. And, um, I, I served, uh, hot chicken wings to Brian Gumbel and, I showed David Spade his first apartment in Jersey city before he was famous. And I, and my apartment was getting broken into and I was waiting tables and I got to be really good friends with the guardian angels. And, 
crazy, crazy, mm-hmm. like another lifetime, but definitely a capsule in time that was amazing. And, and a lot of things grew out of that. And you, you came out of your shell, right? You, yeah. you really grew. You really grew. I, I, you know what, whatever came, I was waiting tables. I was going to fashion school. I was doing art shows and making paintings for people. And it just, it was there, whatever was happening, I did it. I just wanted to take advantage of all of it. I actually, yeah. And so, okay. Uh, now, th- now I think then you're going next is Chicago and this is sort of, um, that's the mom phase, would you call it? You got married and had kids, right? Yeah, but not initially. Initially, okay. it, was, it was 10 years in New York, and I felt like my art and fashion couldn't support my art and fashion. Came out to California. That might have been when you were here, Howard. And it just, it was so much of an extreme after being in New York. It didn't resonate back then. And my dad invited me to Chicago. He had moved there. And I went to go stay with him and I loved it. It felt like, you know, enough of a city, but with the, with the Midwest and I loved it. And then, and then my high fashion background was not connecting with the Midwest. And so I finally landed the line of Speedo, if you know, Speedo swim trunks. And then I said, this is not fashion anymore. And I actually found a job in financing. And that that was a whole nother experience. Amazing. I did all the restaurants, bars, and nightclubs in Chicago and was was grateful, earned earned ended up running the the office and becoming a VP and with my art and fashion background. So don't let anyone tell you what you're capable of. And that was amazing. And that was a whole nother, a whole nother chapter. And then in that job was when I met the Cisco rep, when I was financing all the restaurants, he was selling all the food. And that was where, you know, that was the next chapter of being a mom. Okay. And so you end up having three kids, right? Three kids. I was the breadwinner. So I wasn't a, I wasn't a stay at home mom, but I was a mom and ran the fashion company. And then, yeah, I mean, they're my greatest gifts. Of course. That's, that's amazing. All right. So now this is, this is the tough part. So um, this is really uh, where you actually had a near fatal snowboarding accident. So uh, step us through kind of what happened and kind of, uh, you know, as much as you can want to share, because I know they got the book coming out, but share share with us a little bit about that tragic, uh, that moment here that you uh, faced. So I became a single mom and decided I was going to learn how to snowboard and met a snowboard boyfriend and went snowboarding for five days. Wasn't good conditions in Chicago. So actually went to Boyne and it was a sheet of ice and I'm very stubborn And at the end of the long weekend, I fell 500 times, but I had a helmet on. And I came back to Chicago to a mom and running the finance company. And one day I got downtown and didn't know how I was there, how I ended up down there. And 
only so my mom would feel better, did I grab my youngest, get a CAT scan, and the doctor came out within 45 seconds and said, do you have someone that can pick your son up? Please find him a ride home. Kiss him goodbye. You're bleeding front to back and we need your will. And we have an ambulance downstairs to take you in the trauma to the trauma center. But this looks like it's going to be fatal. So you had suffered some type of concussion and brain bleeding. Yeah, it was a subdural hematoma. It was a traumatic brain injury. And it was, you know, what Bob Saget and Natasha Richardson. And if you saw the movie Concussion, all the 12 Pittsburgh Steelers. So um, most people don't survive. And so I'm so grateful. But I knew I wasn't done (laughs) when he told me that. But it wasn't for a few days later that I was still in ICU and, and, you know, realized that I was still alive and still, and still present. And that was when the doctors wanted to follow the protocol, like in the movie and the outcome in concussion of all the players was they all had committed suicide. And when I wasn't amenable, they sort of let me go and say, and said, we can't help you. And I found an angel, more holistic neurologist about six months later, maybe a little bit less. And he, he got me back where I needed to be and, and got me strong and we made a goal and, and then I made a goal to do a Ted talk. And as I was relearning everything, I here I am. And when we interviewed the, when we were being interviewed, they asked, how is it that we were able to, you know, have this outcome? And he said it was 100% mindset. Mm. So that was, that was incredible to me because I know a positive outlook is always going to get us a more positive outcome, but I wasn't expecting it to impact health as much as it, as it, as it did. So you, you had to work hard um, to kind of get your short and long-term memory back, get your stamina back, you know, get your mental and emotional well-being as well as your physical well-being back. Right. How long did that, how long did that take? It's, I would say it's an ongoing process. I, I know you, you understand and can relate, but Initially, it was about 18 months okay. to get back to, you know, I, I have videos of people teaching me how to use a calendar and the computer and, but uh, I was, I was blessed to find this, to be connected to this, my angel doctor and really help me and continue, uh, continues to, every sure. time there's a new something to try. He puts it out there and definitely, you know, moving again was a big part of, of the growth and the process. So this time you you decided to do the healing in the warm weather in LA. Yeah. It wasn't about the healing and the warm weather. I mean, Mm. definitely the sunshine. It was more, I always sort of thought I'd end up here again 
but it was more something I did for the time it, for my son. Sometimes we do things for our kids that we wouldn't necessarily do for ourselves. And he was feeling the same way I did growing up in the North Shore of Chicago. Mm-hmm. When I left Detroit, he was feeling like he needed to kind of get out there and and be who he needed to be. So that was why we initially came out here. Everybody was against it, except for my neurologist. And what will could benefit everybody is that when you put yourself, another reason to get uncomfortable, when you put yourself in uncomfortable situations and you do things that you're not used to doing, you actually, you actually gain more neurotransmitters and you can increase your your brain activity to another level by just even eating something different for breakfast, going a different way to work, sleeping on the opposite side of the bed. So he said he was the only person that could have told me not to go. And he said, you need to go because you're going to get as close to 99% as you can by putting yourself in this situation. And, and he was, it was, he was right. Right. So now you're basically, you know, as you said, it's kind of starting over, right? You're getting a chance. I, I always call it, uh, you know, putting Humpty Dumpty back together again, version two Oh or three Oh now for me. Um, so you're now, you know, out there. So you, you set a goal to actually tell your story on the TEDx stage, correct? That was the original plan. That wasn't the ultimate talk, but that was the original plan. Yes. Congratulations, though. It's still Thanks. a beautiful accomplishment as well. Thanks. And um, tell me about uh, a little bit. Uh, you're excited. You're, you're almost coming down the finish line of, of having and uh, be a published author and have a book coming out, right? Yes. Yes. It's taken a couple years of, you know, getting getting over everything mentally, physically, emotionally and this was a big project and I'm super excited because I, I finally feel like I have the clarity to go forward and really make an impact and hopefully show others what's possible and, and, and give them hope, whatever situation or circumstance they're going through so that, you know, you have to get to the other side, right. To be able to have the hindsight and let your hindsight be someone else's foresight and, hopefully inspiration to keep going and not give up. That's why, that's why the snowboard with the big B is always in, in my, in my vision somewhere so that I can be reminded of the blessings and the lessons. Absolutely. The blessings for sure. And so now you've gone through a little bit of a training and so mental fitness consultant, positive intelligence coach, tell tell my audience what, what, what that involves. That was amazing. It was something that I was gifted and it, I took it on thinking anything positive is good. Right. And it came from, um, from Stanford. So no one's going to say no to that. And I went through some more additional obstacles over the past eight months. And that's when it came into my life. And it was so profoundly impactful and it it kind of followed the same steps and supported my radical resilience program. And it's about tapping into the positive side of your brain and actually being able to see gifts and opportunities and possibilities from any set of circumstances. We 
we all have a judge, right? And a negative voice inside of us that's, you know, driving us. And it's amazing. You can actually train your brain to see, come from the right side with positivity, even enough that it would show up on an MRI. And so many gifts and possibilities come out of every single situation that and circumstance that we're going through. And it's training your your brain to be able to see the gifts and an opportunity. Well, so. you help help people now to do that from personal lived experience. I do too. So I, I, I do say that, you know, we all get knocked down in life and in family and in business and for you and I in health. And uh, you, uh, you have to appreciate that darkness and learn from it, but you can't stay there too long and you have to get back up again. You have to get back up again. And you and I are, are perfect examples of getting back up again and trying to rebuild and to uh, uh, put, put things back together again. And, 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 uh, and it can be done. It can be done. And for, for many people, uh, it's, uh, it's very, very difficult. But you and I are living examples uh, of doing that so well. And so um, I, it's just truly a tribute um, that to be able to do that. You've overcome a lot and you are an inspiration and um, it's truly, truly amazing. So what we're going to do now, okay, is we actually are doing the Shining Brightly Spotlight. So you are glowing like crazy. Uh, I need sunglasses here. Uh, and I want people to, um, you know, know how to get a hold of you. And then I'd love for you to share some final comments with the audience. Thank you. Yes, I would love to be in touch with all of you. And I, I have a blueprint to share that Howard will give you, right? To with, to reclaim your power and your positivity and see all the possibilities. And so my, the website is rachelroselive.com and we can book a call, callwithrachelrose.com. And I would love to uncover the gifts that lie on what on the other side of whatever you're going through. And I think something that I would love everybody to consider is that, and, and Howard, you're a testament to this as well, is that health is not just what we feed our body. It's what we feed our mind. It's what we say to ourselves. And it's for sure the people we surround ourselves with. So I'm grateful for you, Howard, and thank you for letting me share. Oh, it's 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 really, really important because um, you know, what we've learned is that uh, that we've learned actually that we can be givers and that um, you know, we were helped individually in our own circumstances. Uh, I'm so grateful to, you know, there are caregivers and the people that offered a prayer or uh helped us out. And now it's a way to take what we went through and to share with others and to provide some hope, some inspiration um, uh, that that they can actually get uh, get their lives back as well. And we've both proven that. And uh, truly amazing, truly amazing. I can't wait for your book. I'm so excited. You're still working on the title, right? You're trying to figure yeah, out that? Yeah, the, the radical resilience or the, the price of perfection, but definitely yeah. not, a, not a big book and easy to read and hopefully an opportunity to apply the lessons and the blessings in to your own life and and again you know with the inspiration of just positive mindset and and 
hope that if we can do it, so can you. <laughs> Absolutely. And make sure that you're you're checking out Rachel because she is a motivational speaker and uh, she will come wow your uh, your group and uh, be able to uh, to be, help so many. And uh, it's, it's really just such a pleasure here. So I want to thank you all. Um, for me, you reach me at shiningbrightly.com and uh, everything you need to know about uh, hiring me as a, a motivational speaker or a workshop or, or a panelist or an MC. Uh, also, my the podcast is on there as well as uh, the Shining Brightly book, and it's doing really well. And so please contact me. And uh, the world is just in a crazy spot right now. But uh, hopefully uh, this podcast between Rachel and I, we brought a little sunshine to you. And uh, we really appreciate you all. And thank you again, Rachel, for sharing your story, just a tidbit of it. And uh, hopefully people will reach out to you and uh, we'll make a difference together. I love it. Thank you, Howard. Thank you. And so just remember, if you shine brightly just a little bit each day for yourself, for others in our communities, the world will be a better place. Thanks for listening. Keep shining. <laughs>